Tactical sports take. Inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. <laughs> he's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We've got a great one for you today here on this Friday, May 20th, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Home versus Vieira which will take place on Saturday, May 21st at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, as always, great to be back with you guys. Happy to do another uh, show. Um, not not super happy to be doing uh, this one in particular, though, because we have uh, reached yet another fight card, which I would classify as contractually obligated. Uh, not a lot of... Uh, bangers on this fight card although obviously you know i've been proven wrong before uh you know just because you don't know who the fighters are uh doesn't mean it's always going to be uh, a bad fight card but this one is definitely not shaping up to be uh a significant one not a whole lot of ranked fighters uh and not a lot of fighters with uh, name value but there still are some some gems on here maybe that's a little too strong but there's still there still is some uh, you know, nice prospects on here. So, you know, anytime it's there, that there's UFC on a Saturday, it's it's generally a, a good Saturday. We got 11 fights on this fight card. So, not the biggest fight card, not the biggest. Um, obviously, uh, we'll start off with the main event. I don't have any housekeeping. Uh, I got to get back to um, staying on top of the rankings. Uh, I would have housekeeping if I had current rankings but uh i've been slacking on that so i'm gonna fix that right after the show so we will have updated rankings i know i say that almost every single time i'm on here but i mean it i mean it this time uh so as always we'll start off with the uh, main event and uh work our way down so obviously in the main event we got women's bantamweight uh we got holly holm taking on ketlin vieira Holm is 14 and 5. Vieira is 12 and 2. I don't have the rankings with me. Not that it would matter because, you know, if it's not North Star Sports rankings, then, you know, just quite frankly, it does not matter. Excuse me. Uh, We'll take a look at the odds, and Holly Holm is the minus 260 favorite, according to Odds Shark, the greatest website uh on planet earth i think i think that's i think that's how that goes um i would have to disagree a little bit with the odds i would have figured it would have been a little bit closer uh obviously this uh is kind of the capstone of the uh the stinker of a card i don't know who keeps demanding that holly holm fights in main events she's one of the most boring fighters on the planet um I can't really think of anything I would rather watch less than a Holly Holm main event. A Holly Holm main event decision 
25 minutes. Uh, I would probably rather watch Holly Holm fight over Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. I would probably rather watch it over Nama Yunus Esparza 2. But outside of those two fights, I think I'd rather watch any other fight. I think I'd rather watch Woodley versus Maya. Um, Adesanya Romero. I, like, I'd... I'd rather watch a snuff film than watch Holly Holm fight. I think that's kind of what it's boiling down to. <clears throat> but uh, I, I am a little, I am a little shocked with the odds. Uh, Holly Holm is on a uh, two-fight winning streak. Two of the most boring decisions you'll ever watch. She's a master at clinching and uh, landing a, a, a knee strike to the thigh uh, once every 45 seconds. Uh, but. She does have two unanimous decision victories in her last two fights. Ketlin Vieira is kind of the wild card in all of this, because I think at this point, Holly Holm, I think, is like 40, 39 or 40, so we know what Holly Holm is, but Ketlin Vieira is kind of the wild card. Always been a really talented fighter. Had some ups, some downs. Not too many downs, though. I mean, she only has two losses, but had a lot of steam going into that Irene Aldana fight uh, back at UFC 245. Uh, got knocked out. Uh, in the in the very first round, as Bruce Buffer would say, and then just had a lot of injuries, canceled fights, uh, lost a weird one against Yana Kunitskaya, but she looked really good in that fight against Misha Tate. Um, just a real uh, meat and potatoes fighter. She does at least striking. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, Hoist Gracie. I, 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 you know, I don't. A lot of that stuff goes over my head. So, you know, maybe she's the fanciest BJJ practitioner of all time I you know that's for other people to say but striking wise um, a real meat and potato fighter she doesn't do anything crazy uh, a lot of jabs a lot of hooks sometimes some kicks a lot of forward pressure so that'll be pretty interesting I mean I think Holly Holm can handle the forward pressure but Caitlin Vieira is uh, a very basic fighter in the in the <coughs> excuse me in the most complimentary sense of that term, uh, where, you know, she's mastered the basics, she, you know, you're not, you know, not going to see her throwing flying knees or spinning elbows, it's all very basic but good, I don't mean basic as in, like, rudimentary, um, but, you know, she's got, she's a big girl for 135, I think she probably would fight at 145 if that was a real division and not uh, a figment of our collective imaginations, but she's got good power, uh, as well. She was really laying into Misha Tate, uh, laying down on, on some of her power. So yeah, I think she has the advantage on the ground. Um, I just think it's a really bad matchup for Holly Holm, honestly, because um, you, you probably have to give the striking advantage to Holly Holm, but Ketlin Vieira, again, very, very basic. She's not going to put herself in too much trouble. She's going to keep moving forward. She has more power, so she can hurt Holly Holm. <clears throat> probably a lot quicker than Holly Holm can hurt her. Holm has been doing a lot of clinching while Ketlin Vieira is massive. So I'd be curious to see how that goes. And then if it goes to the ground, obviously it's Vieira. So maybe I'm just talking myself up uh, to pick Ketlin Vieira. But I think it's Ketlin Vieira's time. I really do. I mean, she just turned 30. You know, this this bantamweight division needs new blood. We need to get rid of the Holly Holmes and Jermaine Durandamies and Raquel Pennington's and somebody somebody has to you know do something so again maybe it's wishful thinking but I actually like Ketlin Vieira as a, 
I suppose that would be classified as a moderate underdog, but I, I really I really like her. The the 25 minutes thing is a little bit concerning because obviously Holly Holm has fought a lot of 25 minute fights, so that that is pretty concerning. Cardio would be a concern. Uh, experience would be a concern, but you know I, I'm gonna go with Kellen Vieira. I think she's a dog, and uh, I think she probably gets it done. I don't. I don't think she finishes Holly Holm. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think she finishes Holly Holm. Um, so I think it's probably a unanimous decision victory for Ketlin Vieira. All right, we'll move on here to the co-main event. Hands down, the best fight on this card. It's going to be in the welterweight division between Santiago Ponzinibbio and Michelle Pajeda. Uh, Ponzinibbio 28 and 5, Pajeda 27 and 11 we'll take a look at the odds for this one michelle pajeda comes in as the minus 140 favorite uh absolute banger absolute banger i would much rather see this as the main event although um it's kind of a a moot point because this fight ain't going five rounds if it was the main event i I don't even i don't even think it's going three rounds and it's it's the co-main event so uh two incredibly powerful welterweights uh you know a minus strikers i mean it's this this one's going to be fight of the night uh easily easily i put the mailman uh lock of the week normally that's for picking winning fighters but you know i might just i might just slap a mailman's lock of the week on this being fight of the night because i mean how can it not be? Although that's that's knock on wood because that's very that's very dangerous. Because whenever we say that, the you know the fight usually fucking sucks donkey balls. But um, Ponzinibbio, it's good to see him uh, back to fighting uh, at a at a pretty uh, regular pace. He's fighting two times a year. Uh, you know, he had that weird like three year layoff when he kind of was poised to. I don't want to say get a title shot because he still had some more work to do, but he was on a very impressive winning streak. I think it was like seven, eight, nine fights in a row. A lot of finishes. Uh, he had that awesome finish of Neil Magny where he face-planted him uh, in uh, Buenos Aires in his, uh, his his home country, and then just injuries, injuries, and uh, came back against Lee uh, Ling and uh, got knocked out, kind of unfortunate. Had a fight of the year contender with uh, Miguel Baeza, and then another fight of the year contender with Jeff Neal. I think that's kind of hotly contested. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'll I'll see what the esteemed members of the uh, MMA media have to say about that uh, Jeff Neal uh, fight for for Ponzinibbio because I'm I'm not so sure uh, Jeff Neal won that fight. Definitely was close, but uh, if you look at um, if you look at the coroner's reactions, I'm not so sure. Derek clearly, Derek clearly, not seeing clearly, scored that 30-27 for Jeff Neal. That's fucking insane. Uh, looks like the the majority scored it for Neal. Okay, not not a hill I'm willing to die on. But you know, all of this is just to say that was a, a very very close fight. And Michelle Pajeda, you know, I've always I've always kind of said the last couple of years, Michelle Pajeda might be the most talented guy at 170 maybe outside of like a Usman or a, a Covington because you know they have the talent and 
the winning streaks or you know the the wins in the UFC to prove it against top level guys. But you know, everybody for a, a little bit of time thought Michelle Pajeda, and maybe they still do, you know, thought he was a clown. He's just you know doing acrobatics in there. Um, but when when he fights, when he fights, he fights. I mean, he's 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 legitimately a good fighter. Um, obviously, that Tristan Connolly loss is unacceptable because you can't you can't do clown antics so much that you gas yourself out and lose to you know a UFC newcomer. Uh, we all know he won that Diego Sanchez fight, so you know really this is a guy who has had um, geez like seven fights in the UFC and he's won six of them in my mind. Um, <clears throat> but ever since he's toned down the the clown antics uh, a little bit because I still think you can do it as long as you're not compromising yourself because I think being a wacky goofy guy and being unpredictable works like I, th- I, I do think there's something to the mind games and, and the just being loosey-goosey and having fun nobody says you can't have fun in there or taunt or you know do he gets one wacky shit around you know what I mean like you you get one showtime kick per round but the rest of the time you got to be serious and I think that's I think that's a winning formula for Michelle Pajeda because uh, he's goofy he's powerful maybe not the best grappler in the world but a four fight winning streak uh, and you know some pretty some pretty good names uh, on that winning streak uh, Chaos Williams I mean that's a, a dangerous guy I mean knocks out most of the people he fights Andre Fialo uh, I mean, I think, I think he won his next three fights. I think he might have fought four times this year already, or maybe it's maybe it's three times. But Andre Fialo is a good fighter. He is a good fighter. Um, so this one should be interesting. Uh, I I am gonna go with Michelle Pajeda though. Uh, it is a step up in competition, so that would be a little concerning if you were so inclined to pick Michelle Pajeda, but um. I guess when you're swinging leather, anything can happen. But, um, you know, if, if this fight was three, four years ago, hands down, you're picking Pons and Nibio. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Michelle Pajeda on this one. I could very easily see a scenario where Pons and Nibio wins. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like Pajeda. And uh, I think he knocks him out. I think he knocks him out. You know, I wanted to say it was going to go to a decision because a lot of Pajeda's fights have gone to a decision, and Ponzinibbio's tough as shit. He's, he's very hard to finish, uh, as, as evident from his uh, last two wars uh, and his last two UFC appearances. But uh, I'm going to say he finishes him in round two. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to say he catches him cleanly. All right, moving on here to the featured bout on the main card. It's going to be in the middleweight division between Chidi Njokani and uh, Dusko Todorovic. Njokani is 21. Actually, I'm going to say Chidi because I don't know how to pronounce that uh, last name. Uh, So Chidi is going to be 21 and 7. Todorovic 11 and 2. Uh, I'll take a look at the odds, and uh, Chitty's going to be the minus 250 favorite. Definitely uh, can see why he has the uh, experience advantage over uh, Todorovic. <clears throat> and uh, you know, he looked he looked good against uh, Marc-Andre Barrio, sent him to a, 
uh, another universe uh, in uh, his last fight. Kind of a weird guy because you look at the end of his tenure in Bellator and he was losing a lot more fights than he was winning, uh, albeit it was against um, either champions or, or title contenders in uh, Koreshkov, Salter, and uh, Carvalho. But um, that's, that's always kind of weird seeing people who flame out in another lesser organization and then come to the UFC and have some success. I mean, you know, it's, it's only two appearances if you, can, if you count the contender series as well. But um, definitely a, a, a good start for him to Dorovich. Uh, only, only 28 years old, came off the contender series back in 2019, and uh, two and two, two and two. One is first fight, one is last fight. Had a two lo- two fight losing streak in the middle. Um, I-, I would say he really needs this one. I think he's probably uh, in danger of of uh, being on the bubble, being on the bubble. Um, you know beat Townsend, beat Patolo. I, I just haven't been impressed with Todorovic uh, to this point. Uh, so I'll, I'll go I'll go Chitty to win this one. All right, moving on. Uh, we'll fly through a lot of these because they are uh, relatively insignificant. We got Pollyanna Viana taking on Tabitha Ricci. Viana 20, excuse me, Viana is 12 and 4, Ricci 6 and 1. Take a look at the odds for this one. Ricci is going to be the minus 135 favorite. Uh, Pollyanna Viana, 29 years old, uh, an absolute killer of uh, home invaders. So don't don't think you can invade her house or however however the story goes. Um, got off to a pretty rough start in the uh, UFC one and three start, but two fight winning streak. Two quick armbar victories in round one, uh, but not uh, not crazy active over over the last uh, year or two. Uh, definitely has the experience advantage on uh, Tabitha Ricci. Uh, we saw her get knocked out by Manon Furo uh, in her UFC debut. Came back and beat uh, Maria Oliveira. Uh, probably someone who should not have been in the UFC. At that time, haven't committed a whole lot to the uh, old memory bank on these two fighters, so I suppose we'll go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Pollyanna Viana on this one. I'm gonna go with a slight underdog on this one. All right, moving on to the main card opener. We've got Eric Anders taking on Jun Young Park. Uh, Anders 14 and six. Park is 13 and five. Uh, Jun Young Park is the minus 210 favorite. Uh, one of the better fights on this card. Uh, anytime there's an Eric Anders fight, uh, you, you know that there's two things. Uh, number one, he's going to bring it. And number two, if he gets taken down, the fight is absolutely over. Um, got submitted by uh, Andre Muniz in his uh, last outing in December. Uh, pretty spotty record in the UFC for the uh, former uh, University of Alabama linebacker. Uh, at one point, crazily enough, he was he was ten and zero. He was ten and zero going into uh, a fight with Leota Machida, um, a main event back uh, down in Brazil 
on short notice and uh, lost that one via split decision. Uh, he's just had a fascinating career trajectory. I, 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 I'm fascinated by it because he, he loses a split decision to Machida, has a, a, a low-key all-time knockout of Tim Williams with a, a soccer kick that was inches away, inches away from being illegal. Um, loses, I believe this also was a main event somehow. Yep, it was a main event. Loses a main event against Tiago Santos. Uh, and then loses a split decision to Elias Theodoru. That's a blast from the past. Loses to Roundtree. Then gets back to his winning ways at the infamous UFC Minneapolis card in June of 2019. Just, oh, he mollywopped uh, Vinicius Mejeda. That was absolutely brutal. Gets a split decision win over Gerald Mearshart. And then just whole lot of uh whole lot of red and gray on the record after that lost to Jotko obviously lost to Muniz no contest with Darren Stewart um and John Young Park is is uh kind of underrated as uh as well he got knocked out in his last fight against Gregory uh or Gregory (laughs) Gregory Rodriguez um and that was that was a, a mini war I mean it only lasted like eight minutes but that was back and forth park had uh, rodriguez hurt rodriguez had park hurt uh you know rodriguez several times in that fight was like three or four seconds away from going out so um park can bring it as well if they if they decide just to to swing the gloves uh this is going to be a absolute barn burner i can see why they uh why they chose to put this one together but the the one bad thing for anders is we've seen park uh, out grapple people before uh, you look at the I believe the Mark Andre Barrio fight he out grappled him certainly the John Phillips fight and the Tafan and Chukwe fight he just oh, dude, he looked like Kale Sanderson out there against uh, Tafan and Chukwe so Anders Anders is not very good against anybody who can wrestle so uh, I, I think uh, I think I like Park in this one even though Eric Anders your boy is my boy because I really do enjoy me some Eric Anders, but I just think stylistically it's bad. I think on the on the feet maybe you give the advantage to Anders, although I don't know because Park Park is just as good. I think they're a spitting image of each other, so it's it's a coin flip on the feet. But then you throw in um, the 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 wrestling ability of Park. I, I like Park in this one. I think Park wins uh, another unanimous decision victory. All right, moving on to the prelim headliner, we'll have Joseph Ugly Man Holmes taking on Alan Amadovsky. Holmes is 7-2, and two. Amadovsky is 8-2. and two. We'll take a look at the odds. Joseph Holmes is going to be the minus 210 favorite. Uh, kind of a mean nickname. I, I, I want to know the backstory on Ugly Man. Uh, I wonder why they call him that. He's not the... He's not very ugly, so I don't know. Maybe it's... Maybe it's a term of endearment. Maybe it's like uh, uh, shoe face and uh, Antonio, Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, but um, very tall guy for the the division 6'4". Got an 80-inch reach. Uh, I definitely like him in this matchup against Amadovsky. Uh, I think his striking could improve, but he's long and lanky. 
probably could hold the distance against Amadovsky, who's going to be a shorter fighter. And uh, his uh, his grappling is very, very good in, in uh, three of his four wins leading up to uh, uh, getting uh, his, his UFC debut. He had uh, uh, submission wins in under, in under two rounds. So he's, he's a, a grappler. He's a finisher. Won on the Contender Series, but did not uh, get a UFC contract. I believe he came in short notice uh, against uh, Jamie Pickett. Did not go well. Not a not a fan of the skills of Jamie Pickett, so that's kind of a bad uh, loss in my mind for Joseph Holmes. But, you know, good fighters lose their UFC debuts uh, all the time. Uh, and, and meanwhile, Amadovsky, I believe the only Macedonian fighter on the UFC roster, he is winless in the UFC. Uh, I don't even know how he's under contract, to be honest with you, because uh, he lost to Christoph Jotko in his debut in uh, April of 2019, came back five months later and got knocked out by John Phillips, uh, a guy who's like one in eight in the UFC, and then he hasn't fought since then. So he's just been under contract for like almost three years just on ice i mean i assume there's injuries and and whatnot and you know there's some cancellations but i don't know how he's on so i mean this guy joseph holmes actually let me let me let me check that when did he become yeah joseph holmes became a pro in march of 2019 so almost all of joseph holmes career has come since uh you know amadovsky made his ufc debut and and then you know like seven of the fights he's had seven fights basically since Amadovsky uh last fought so yeah I'm gonna go with uh, Joseph Holmes on this one I think he chokes him out we'll go round one round one submission I don't pick that very often but we'll go round one submission uh moving on we got a pretty interesting matchup here not exactly for the right reasons uh we got Parker Porter taking on Jalton Almeida uh, at heavyweight, Parker Porter, thirteen and six. Jalton Almeida, fifteen and two. Take a look at the odds, and Almeida is going to be a massive, massive minus six hundred favorite. I, I'm not really sure how a, a fight like this came together. Almeida's uh, definitely not a heavyweight. Uh, his last handful of fights have been. Well, definitely light heavyweight, but uh, he probably, well, maybe he couldn't make middleweight, but uh, definitely a light heavyweight and uh, a pretty good one at that. I mean, I liked his uh, his last performance against uh, uh, Nasruddinov. I, I thought he looked really, really good. Um, and, uh, or excuse me, I, I liked his fight against Nasruddinov. His last fight was against Danilo Marquez, who he finished in, uh, in under a round. So, I, I don't uh, I don't like the switch in between divisions, and I don't really know what a win over Parker Porter does for you. I don't think Parker Porter is uh, that that good of a fighter. He's on a three fight winning streak. It's against Parisian Chase Sherman, who should have his nickname the v- Vanilla Gorilla stripped from him, and Alan Badeau. I, I just don't think Parker Porter's very good. Um, and I don't, I don't I just don't get what you have to to gain here. I'm very curious to see what he weighs for this uh, fight because I don't know man I mean you're going up against a much bigger guy I mean Parker Porter has you know has never met uh, a meal he didn't like he probably cuts down to 266 and you know if you're Almeida's a big big guy he's got a big frame for 
light heavyweight, but what is he going to come in uh, at, at heavyweight at? Like, I'm going to say like 235, 230. I, I don't know. So I don't, uh, I don't like this one, but I do think Almeida will win just because I think he's the better fighter. Better fighter. He's got a bigger frame. Obviously not, uh, not more weight, but uh, he's taller than uh, Parker Porter. Got a longer reach than Parker Porter. So I think he probably knocks him out uh, pretty early in the fight. Uh, all right, moving on. We have a welterweight, excuse me, a uh, lightweight fight between Omar Morales and Urosh Medic. Uh, Morales eleven and two. Medic is nine. Excuse me, seven and one. Can't read today. Uh, Morales is going to be the minus one forty favorite. Uh, Morales coming off of a loss to Jonathan Pierce, JSP, uh, about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. Uh, three and two in the UFC. Um, don't have a whole lot to say on him, to be honest with you. Kind of uh, a nondescript fighter. Uh, Urosh Medic is legitimately very. Uh, talented. He did lose his last fight to uh, Jalen Turner, who's on uh, quite the uh, um, upswing. Kind of reminds me of Vincente Luque, just because uh, Jalen Turner is a very underrated striker, very underrated uh, grappler, and, and a guy who came into the UFC with a terrible record and didn't have a ton of success early in the UFC, but for, for some reason is just figuring it out. I did like Medic's uh, win over uh, Elon Cruz. Knocked him out in uh, under two minutes with a uh, flying knee. Um, I think he's got good power, good length. He's a good striker, uh, talented guy. Uh, I think he, I think he, he figures it out for this one. I think it finally uh, clicks for him. All right, we're getting down to some of the early fights here on the prelims. We got a. Uh, Bantamweight fight here between Jonathan Pierce and Vince Morales, or Jonathan Martinez. Holy shit! I need another cup of coffee. Uh, Martinez is 15 and four. Morales 11 and five. Take a look at the odds. Martinez is going to be the minus 235 favorite. Um, I've I've liked Martinez at times, and at other times I've just kind of shook my head at uh, at some of his fights two-fight winning streak, beat Alejandro Perez and uh, some fella named Zviad Lazishvili. Um, had a pretty big fight if he would have won against uh, Davy Grant, dangerous Davy Grant, who's a very underrated fighter in that stacked bantamweight division, got knocked out in round two, got knocked out pretty darn bad. Um, but, you know, you, you, you live and die by the knockouts because he had a pretty nice one against Frankie Sines. Got robbed, absolutely robbed at UFC 247 in his fight against Andre Ewell. Won every single round, and he ended up losing that one via split decision. So uh, I count that as a win, so that would be... That would make him 7-2 and two in the UFC. So he's kind of very, very uh, slowly amassing a, a pretty record. Vince Morales... On the other hand, 31, so he's going to be the older fighter. Knocked out Luis Smolka, a former flyweight, in his last fight in December. Got finished by Chris Gutierrez 
uh, in 2020, and that one's notable because he got finished via leg kicks. So uh, Martinez can throw a leg kick, so I, I think that's uh, a weapon Martinez can exploit against Morales. Um, but I like Martinez. I think he's uh, I think he's a better fighter, better striker. Uh, if he if he spams leg kicks on him, uh, I think it could be a pretty easy night for Jonathan Martinez. All right, two fights to go. We got a featherweight fight between Chase Hooper and Felipe Colares. Hooper ten two and one. Colares ten and three. We'll take a look at the odds for this one. And Colares is the minus one eighty favorite. Um, I don't know why Chase Hooper is in the UFC. I think the UFC is doing him a disservice. Um, you don't want to come to the UFC too early. It is very, very, very obvious that Hooper came to the UFC too early. Uh, he needs to go back to the regionals. Uh, you know, you can't be in a, in, in a rush. I mean, you look at in a rush to get to the UFC. I mean, you look at some notable fighters that um, declined UFC contracts until they were ready and came to the UFC and had success. I mean, that's the story of Israel Adesanya. He could have been in the UFC years before he was, but he turned it down because he wanted to get better because he, when he got to the UFC, he wanted it to to go as smoothly as possible. He wanted it to be his time. He wanted to be prepared. Uh, same thing with Jimmy Manawa. Um, it's another notable... There's another notable example, but uh, it's, it's escaping me right now, but... Um, totally doing him a disservice he is very clearly not a ufc fighter got brutally beat by uh uh steven peterson uh got beat by alex caceres and he's fighting very very low level competition and fair enough because he's 22 years old i'm not saying he should fight guys in the rankings but i'm just saying if you're if you're struggling this bad against this low level of competition like for the sake of your career please please go back to a regional promotion and it, like it's not even like, oh, dude, you suck. Like, you need to get the fuck out of here. It's like, no, like, if I was your manager, if I was someone looking out for you, I would not want you to be in the UFC um, right now. T- very talented fighter. There's obviously a reason why he got signed. He's a good grappler, um, talented guy. But it's like, j- just come to the UFC when you're 25. Come to the UFC when you're 25 and have 15 fights on the regional scene. And maybe, maybe you could you know maybe you wouldn't have these losses maybe you could maybe maybe it doesn't work out even then you, you, I mean you never know but uh, I just I hate seeing it because you, you see it all the time the the UFC uh ruins a lot of young talented fighters because they come to the UFC too early before they're ready uh, I mean it's like picking a fruit before it's ready like you know you're you're picking uh uh you know an unripe Chase Hooper. I mean, why would you want an unripe Chase Hooper? Let him let him ripen a little bit in the sun. Uh, so I, I just I like look at Paige Van Zandt. Look at Sage Northcutt. Look at Chase Hooper. Look at look at anybody uh, th- that the UFC has uh, signed uh, on the Contender Series. Obviously, they've had a lot of success on the Contender Series, but like, ah, there's no shortage of flameouts either. Of of you know, hey, here's a here's a 24 year old with a nine and zero record and you know two losses in the ufc later you're you're out of the ufc and you might not ever get back so i just i hate i hate seeing that i mean i i'm rooting well, i wouldn't say i'm rooting for him because i don't have anything against felipe Colares. 
either but um you know i hope it works out for him but it just it doesn't it, it really doesn't man like the amount of the amount it's like the whole tom brady's a sixth round pick type of thing like john jones came to the ufc when he was super young and had a lot of success so therefore everybody can do it like mm, like we we know the times it has worked out but like look at robbie look at robbie lawler and i, I understand you know this was several eras ago but you know he's still fighting in the ufc but like yeah came to the ufc when he was like 1920 didn't work out and it took him like 13 14 years to work his way back to the ufc i mean he had to go over i believe he fought in japan he definitely fought in like strike force he fought in some weird ass promotions he might have fought in like bodog or like shark fights or, or something he fought all over um so it's my little spiel on uh chase hooper i know i say it every time that uh he fights but uh you know very unfortunate for and it sucks for chase hooper too because how can you turn it down how the hell do you turn down a ufc contract i mean you have to have uh you know balls of steel to turn down a ufc contract and you know it would get misconstrued as you being not confident because you don't think you're ready but really it's the ultimate confidence um knowing that knowing that you're not ready like it's it's the ultimate like self-control but um Again, I, I guess I uh, digress. Um, pretty appropriate matchup. I mean, you're not going to find a more appropriate matchup for Chase Super than uh, Felipe Calares. Uh, lost his last fight via split decision against Chris Gutierrez. Uh, he's been pretty active in the UFC. He's had uh, six fights since 2017. Could not tell you a thing about Felipe Calares. He's just one of those guys who's always the the second or third fight on the prelims and uh you know nothing uh, noteworthy about him so again could be wishful thinking but i'm gonna go with chase hooper on this one i'm gonna go with a slight underdog on this one i think chase hooper uh chokes him out rear, rear naked choke i think he gets back to uh the winning track all right we finally reached the um prelim opener it's going to be in the straw weight division between elise reed and sam hughes reed five and one hughes six and four we'll take a look at the odds elisa reed is the minus 165 favorite um not the worst not the worst straw weight fight in the world uh elise reed had a terrible ufc debut uh got knocked out by uh or well tko'd by sajara eubanks never should have fought sajara eubanks i give her props because elise reed is a straw weight and she is not a very big straw weight either uh five five three and if you look at her frame not not a big frame and sajara eubanks is a big girl a big girl so she took a fight 20 pounds up i mean that's crazy and if you look at percentage of body weight 20 pounds 20 pounds from 115 to 135 matters a lot more than 20 pounds from 185 to 205 so i like i don't even know i guess somebody could do the math on that but like that that would be like a flyweight taking a fight at fucking uh, taking a, a 160 pound catch weight like that is that is a baller move didn't work out for her but she looked she looked really good in that fight against Corey mckenna don't know how that was scored a split decision there was kind of some screwy judging on that one but she is a good striker she is a good kickboxer and uh you know people thought mckenna had the grappling advantage 
uh, going into that fight. But, you know, Elise Reed, Elise Reed did pretty good with her takedown defense, did get taken down uh, at, at some times in that fight, especially towards the end of the round, which is insignificant. But um, you never know how judges score shit like that if you score a meaningless takedown at the end of the round and obviously some judges did score that pretty significantly because it was a split decision but you know she looked she looked really good i think you got to throw that um throw that eubanks fight out of the window i mean that's just you know what are, what are you gonna do ufc calls you want you want to get in the ufc and and uh you know sometimes you got to do shit like that and uh sam hughes i was not a big fan of sam hughes uh up until her last fight where she looked really good against Estella Nunez. So maybe it's starting to click for Sam Hughes. Uh, she was 0-3 in the UFC, lost to Torres, Luma Lukbunmi, and Luana Pinheiro. Uh, and she lost a, a regional fight before she came to the UFC. So she was 1-4 uh, in her last five fights before that uh, Nunez fight. So maybe she's turning it around as well, the the uh, Sam Page, Sam Hughes. But uh, I still like uh, Elise Reed on this one, and I think she probably finishes her because Elise Reed is a good striker. I'm actually legitimately excited for what uh, Reed can do at, at 115 because uh, she's 29, former National Guard, I want to say. Definitely definitely has a, a, a military career. Maybe it was Air Force, but, uh, but either way... Um, she, she is a good fighter. So we'll go read by round three TKO. All right, with that, we've uh, reached the end of our preview here for UFC Fight Night Home versus Vieira. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. You can check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. We will have updated rankings. I will get on that as soon as this is uploaded. Uh, And outside of that, no more housekeeping. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.